0: Welcome to the latest Celtic View podcast. I'm delighted to be joined on this episode by David Curry, who works in the club's finance department. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Paul. Glad and to uh, We are shortly going through your, your five Celtic moments. I know like everybody else, it's uh, an agonising choice because once you choose the five, you, you immediately think of another five. But an interesting choice, some familiar ones, and then one or two maybe that are, are a bit of a surprise. It, it took you a wee while to get to this five, didn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I could just wanted to to try and kind of relay your experiences of supporting Celtic, both kind of good and bad, as will be uh, discussed. Um, you don't get through your whole Celtic career without it being rosy. So, um, so there's one or two that spring to mind straight away, and then then one or two I'd have to think and try and prioritise. You know, so.
0: No, you're a an accountant by profession. Um, you've been at the club for a while. Now what was that like obviously having, you know, done all your studies then going in and starting a career and then you obviously get a chance to advance your career but also advance your career at the club that you support?
1: Yeah, well it's great to be able to to marry both together. Um <clears throat> finance is not the most exciting thing in the world always. Um but to be able to come in and work here, do something um that you're good at and allay that to the to, to something that you're actually interested in, it makes your job a whole lot easier to be honest, and makes it just that you know gives you a bit of a get up and go to get to get up and come in in the morning, you know. So um, I, it was absolutely a dream come true to come here. Um, you're not going to sign for Celtic as a player; you might as well do it in some other capacity. So I suppose accountant's not maybe the the next best thing, but <laughs> but it certainly is, isn't the worst. So. I mean, I've seen you
0: play football fives and elevens on Celtic Park, and y- and you have scored out on that pitch so I, I think you probably still had just a wee inkling of aspirations at one um, point to be a footballer uh,
1: maybe, maybe pushing it slightly I've also had some uh, I've also had a bad experience out on that pitch as you're well aware um, but no as I say as a youngster you're growing up you're playing football playing for your school team and boys clubs and you always kind of hope that you might one day be good enough to, to play for Celtic but obviously that's, that's few and far between to be able to get that chance so as I say to be able to work with the club in some capacity was um, an absolute dream come, come true for myself so it was a long time coming I was batting on Eric Riley's door for, for a number of years to try and get in here so um, it was great when it finally happened
0: I mean that must be nice you know for example for the likes so of your parents you know they've seen them out of studying that you've had to go university and then you're starting your career and then to then be able to say you know especially if you're like your dad's been taking you to games you can say to him Guess where I'm going to work? That must have been a real thrill for them as well.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, they were they were they were really really proud. Um, I remember telling them, and actually, my my we were away on a family weekend, and my brother had announced that he was uh, his wife was pregnant, and I was going to tell everyone I was getting a job at Celtic. And I thought I didn't want to steal his thunder, <laughs> so I, I left it to the next night to tell everybody. And as I say, they were all they were all just made up for me, and just you know really proud when they think of. You know where where they came from, and their, you know their parents would have been looking down and hopefully been been really proud that one of their grandsons was was working at Celtic now. So yeah, it was it was great.
0: That would have been interesting actually to see. The family dynamic, if you'd announced your news at the same time, which one they celebrated more? Yeah,
1: I, it, it, it would have been interesting, so yeah, I, I just thought best avoid that, that um, scenario, so let my, let my brother and his wife get a night of adulation first. Fair play to you.
0: Um, I bet you never asked your mum and dad which one they celebrated No, more.
1: no, definitely not, definitely not, but um, I would have a, would a wee drink to celebrate and, and a, a good chat about it, so.
0: Now I mentioned obviously at the start it is a, it's a difficult choice and for these podcasts I ask people if they choose their five sort of magic Celtic moments whether it's a game a goal uh, a player or a season and I say it, people will be surprised maybe what, what one of your choices here but I think it's quite an interesting one and it's, it, as you mentioned it's quite a good way of kind of telling your Celtic story but we we'll get back for the very first one to 1988 the Centenary Cup final they're stuck. Michael Benny. up for Celtic absolutely incredible it came from the corner kick quite remarkable for Frank McAveney the corner kick played low to Billy Stark The shot through the ruffer players, dropped to The instant shot obviously a really iconic moment for for everyone who was was about Celtic supporters at that time, what age would you have been back in Um, in 69 season?
1: I was seven um, and had didn't had gone to my first Celtic game the season before that and then had gone to a number throughout the centenary season um, my dad had taken us up to, to quite a few and we'd been up at the game <coughs> a few weeks previously to see us win the league against Indy and then went up to the game against Infernland to see us actually get presented with the, with the league trophy and the, the cup final I mean those were great days but the cup final just had everything just had the, the drama of the the late winner and just the, you know the glorious sunshine as much as anything that day just felt like a day of pure celebration and, and joy being a Celtic fan um, as a youngster you always think that Celtic won everything you know and I remember sitting in in the, the terracing sitting in the terracing I was sitting on the stanchion obviously and, and kind of disbelief that Kevin Gallagher had scored and it was now approaching 90 minutes and we still hadn't equalised and I'm kind of saying my dad What's happening here? You know. <laughs> um, so no, it was just it was just a, a magnificent occasion. Um, didn't even have a ticket until the morning of the game. My dad let us know we were going, and then it was myself, my dad, my brother, and two of my cousins that went up all for the measly price of nine pounds, I think, between us all—five pounds for my dad's ticket, a pound for each of the, the other ones. Um, so it was just it was a fantastic day. And even being seven years old, I remember so much about it because it was just. It was just such a great occasion. Had you did you travel up in the car or were you on a supporters' bus? Yeah, no. So travelled up in the car. We'd actually been. I hadn't been at the the communion, but it was my cousin's communion that day, and my mum and dad and all that had been in, and we were up at my aunt and uncle's afterwards. So then we left from there and drove up, and a kind of friend of the family lived near Hamden, just off Aikenhead Road. So we we parked in there. Um, and, and walked our way up to the, the stadium from there, and then I remember going back to their house afterwards, and they would recorded some of the, the kind of post-match celebrations. So I went back and kind of watched some of them. Because obviously, you see everything on the pitch, we don't hear the interviews and all that. So like the infamous one for, for Tommy Burns, you know, we, we kind of quickly watched some of that back. So uh, that was it was quite handy having them them close by. So.
0: So did your dad, had he, did he know for quite a while that he had the tickets? And no, obviously maybe it, just it
1: was, <coughs> and, I, and I've, I've always asked him uh, about this because I'd thought we'd gotten them from someone else but it turned out it was, I think it was someone that either worked my mum or worked at my dad's school and her son, I think, worked with the Celtic Pools or something like that and it was, I think he'd been asking about tickets and really had only found out the night before, and then as I say surprised us in the, the Saturday morning and at first I was going, oh well I was intending watching the game with all my cousins <laughs> up, at, up at my and uncle's house yeah. after the communion, but I'm very glad I didn't stick to
0: that. Because so. I was wondering whether he just thought at the age you were at the excitement would have been too much if you'd had a week or two it, of... Or I,
1: it, it might well have been, um, but as I say I kind of had it in my head that we had this communion to go to and everybody would be up there anyway, so it would be a good, it'd be a good a good celebration anyway, but to be able to then actually go to the game was, was just something else, as I say, particularly as a seven-year-old going to your first Scottish Cup final and seeing one with such a dramatic ending, um, it was just just a great occasion.
0: Because so. that kind of sets, as you say, you're seven years old, that sets the benchmark pretty high in terms of, of what your expectations might be as a Celtic fan.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was when you, you were younger, you maybe weren't quite tuned into what the results were week in, week out, but you kinda have you know, you would have a bit of an awareness winning the Scottish Cup in eighty five and, and winning in the league at St Mirren and all that, but then you start to first get a taste of it and first actually take um, real note of it. Then as I say, when I'm seven years old and you're the you you win the double, you win the league not necessarily like a canter but, but quite strongly and, and you go on and win the Scottish Cup on top of that and beat Rangers several times on the way and, and you're just going to think, well, this is just the norm and then three months later, I remember being at the the Garden Festival the day Rangers hammered this 5-1 at Ibrox and coming home and going wait a minute, that's, that's not right, <laughs> that's not what happens and unfortunately that was the way things were to be for quite some time after that So,
0: um, That's a perfect link into your second magic moment it's Stopping the 10 in 1998
1: Boyd's looking for a possible
0: pass, waiting for the McNamara run, it's a good pass. In for Harold Brandbach!
1: He's done it! Harold Brandbach scores the goal, which may well
0: give Celtic the title. He's been much maligned since he came here, he's had an awful lot to prove, maybe that's the perfect answer. 28 minutes of the second half gone. A sweeping move downfield, the boy pass. First time in from McNamara. And there's a top-class finish from Bruckbach. It is remarkable. And, and you know, it's, it's a perfect way, in terms of the discussion, that you're seven, you see is one in the double. You say you think, well, Celtic won everything and it's a, it's a perfect season. I don't think anyone at that time would have could ever have predicted we would wait 10
1: years to win the league again. No, no. I mean... And and actually, as the as the years went on, those kind of early nineties years, you started to wonder if we would win it again, you know. So y- it was it was such a difficult time, and you know I'm still young, but you were going up to the games with, with some re- regularity, and everything had just changed from from that season, the centenary, when everything was just positive at the club, and we brought in a number of good players, and you Billy McNeil as manager, to then being going through the early 90s, changing manager 2-3 times, um, you know from Brady, Lou McCarrie, people in temporarily and then you get Tommy Burns in and you get a real lift from that and you know some of the players that he brought in and some of the football that we played and you still couldn't beat Rangers, you know even the season when we lost only one game and you still couldn't fit put them to, to the title and they were just so strong. You know, when they were able to bring in guys like Brian Loudrup and Paul Gascoigne, I mean that's a the equivalent now, Rangers going out and buying, you know, central midfielder for for England, albeit they might not have be been as good as Paul Gascoigne was, but you know, that that can a level of level a player. Um and and had we then gone and lost the nine 0 record that season, it's it's difficult to think how we would have been able to recover from that. So that season is it it's pivotal it's pivotal in the mo- in the modern history of the club. You know, because it really changed things. They then came back stronger and won two leagues following that. So, you know, what would you have been sitting looking at? 12, 12 in a row or something? It's, it doesn't bear thinking <laughs> it, about it. It doesn't bear <laughs> you're thinking about it. shaking your head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would have been at a good age as well, because obviously you're 17 by that point, and I'm guessing you're going to the games you just whenever you can, and, and you can really kind of savour, also savour what's going on, but will appreciate as well the pressure and the tension of what was at stake that season
1: yeah aye, so I so as I just say 17 years old and I sitting my hires and fortunately I think that weekend was kind of in the middle of things I didn't have like, an exam on the Monday or anything like that <laughs> which is quite good um, but you are you know you're, you're well aware of it and you, you've watched you know an older brother is 6 years older than me so he was really in the nineties going to going to all the games as a as a kind of teenager and kinda of growing up and he, he went through the ringer in terms of, you know, the, the poor results being at the ray throw overs and getting knocked out of the Scottish Cup semi final Falkirk in games like that. Um, going up to Hamden for a season. So you kind of as you were growing up you were you were relating to him and, and seeing how, how bad this was. Um so you you had all that in your mind and going up to the game that day you the tension was, was unbearable We went up in the supporters bus And there wasn't that usual end of season You know, final day of the season atmosphere Where you'd be you'd be thinking We're going up to celebrate here It was just everybody was so on edge Because they just, they, they knew it was at stake So,
0: What was the supporters bus you went up to? The um,
1: so Barton Harp, um, and So we'd gone up myself And my older brother And actually <coughs> one of my uncles Had given up his ticket to one of my cousins From Canada to go to the game um, so, so that he could kind of hopefully experience a a, a good celebration, and thankfully he did. So, I uh, it was just it was it was just everyone you could tell everyone you just did that wee, the kind of knots in their stomach, and everybody looked that have a kind of bit, bit pensive looking. Because
0: um, everybody always says it's that it's more relief than anything when the final whistle goes. Because uh, as you say that the. the th- any other prospect was just unbearable.
1: Yeah, well, <coughs> I mean, even the, the two goals you celebrated so differently, but, I mean, Larson's goal, was, as, as far as, you know, I think back of the big celebrations, you've had, you know, th- those goals that you cel- celebrate against, like Barcelona, or goals in 6-2, but Larson's goal that day is one of the best celebrations I've ever had because you were so tense before it, and you have that euphoria, just, nobody was really expecting us to go out and score straight away, you just that it did you go out and lose a goal straight away, I suppose. And for him to do that, the place just erupted, and then when Bratbacks went in, that was a kind of relief moment, and the moment you thought, that's it, we've, we've done it now, we can we can relax and, and enjoy this, you know. So
0: Now on to your, your third magic moment, and again you touched on it previously, the fact after stopping the ten, we then had a couple of more barren years. But your third magic moment is the the Martin O'Neill years. First of all, thank you very, very much for waving in the rain. I really appreciate it. Thank you very- It's an absolute honour for me to be the manager here. I'm telling you that now. It's an absolute no, honour. No, honestly, it is an honour. And at the end of the day, I will, I will do everything I possibly can to bring some success here. Johan Mbappe
1: you know, has
0: put in a good shift as well, having had to come on, come into this cold in the first half of the injured Lambert. Petter now has released Stephen Mahi. Have Celtic got another one left in them? Sutton is there? Yes, they have. Sutton scores It's six of the best For the very best today
1: Celtic Martin
0: comes in in 2000 after what had been a really difficult season You know, what happened with John Barnes in charge culminating in Inverness Calif And I always remember Martin standing That iconic moment where he stands in the steps outside Celtic Park And he basically just says "I I promise to do everything I can to bring success to the football club and it becomes an iconic statement because of what subsequently happened over the next five years.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so at that point, you know, I'm, I'm now now kind of left school and you're you're out all the time. You're up the games yourself, going for a, a beer before it and all that. And so just that whole spell, being at university and going to all the games and the success that Martin brought was just just such an enjoyable spell for us. And some people look back on that and they go, oh, you know, we were a bit of a a long ball team and things like that. And I I just can't. I that uh, some of the football we played under you Neil know, was brilliant, and you get through the team we just did winners from from back to front. Johan Mialbe, Valharran, Lambert, Lennon, Petrov, Thompson Sutton, Hartson, Larson I mean, just an incredible squad of players who just went out every week and steamroller teams, and and I just I just loved those years. So many so many big games, you know. So many, you you won the league obviously the first couple of years. You won the Scottish Cup. You won the treble the first year. Um, but it was like nights like you know, and Hammer and Leon and Anderlecht and beating Juventus here at home and then obviously the the I run as well so those those four or five years under I you obviously the last year was was tainted to be a bit of, bit of sadness shall we say say but um, as I say other than that it was it was a great spell to, to be a Celtic fan so
0: because it was almost that I always think the the very first derby game of the season when we won six two. And it was a sense, it wasn't just the fact of the magnitude of the victory, the performance, the goals. It was just a it was a statement and a, there was just a sense that things had changed. And it wasn't just that that was not going to be a one-off game.
1: No, absolutely. And we'd, you know, we'd started that season, out and beat D&I, did a tough game. Um, we then beat Motherwell at home, I think. Again, it was a kind of narrow defeat, but you saw something in the team. Sutton had obviously brought something to us. Seemed like last enjoyed uh, playing alongside him. Petrov seemed to have lease of life under Anil um, and could I, I didn't even mention have Marakovitch when I was going through th- through the players there. And then the, you know the six-two game was just almost like that moment that things turned and, and Rangers then you hold on. We've get we've actually got a challenge in our hands here, and we just we just kicked on from there. Um, so I it was it was just it was, fa- it was a fantastic fantastic few years, and, and as I say, obviously this I would well on as well is something
0: I think that we'll, none of us will ever forget I always think that run there's a slight I don't know if it's regret or it's certainly disappointment because it, there were so many magical moments on that road and it's interesting that you know, that season started with us getting knocked out of the Champions League qualifiers by Basel we then play FK Seduva but at that point nobody can envisage what happens but by the time we get to the final I, I, I was convinced that you know that cliche our name was on the cup I genuinely I thought we were going to win this and it it breaks my heart to this day every time I think back to that final, because I still think we sh- that's our trophy.
1: Yeah, I mean, <coughs> like yourself, I was over in Seville and I'd just gone over for a day trip. um, And I, I don't know, I, I suppose I just I just always had in my head that it might be a step too far for us to the final. um, But when you actually got there that day and you saw the thousands of Celtic fans and you were getting caught in the celebration, by the time you get to the ground, you're going... No, wait a minute, this this could just be our day. Everything about this is magical and it's set up for us to, to win this. And but for a few, you know, decisions maybe going against you or the way the other team played and, and possibly a few lapses just defensively, we definitely could've have, could've have won that day. And even, even at three two, we were still attacking, you know, and I remember us being been up the park and we had a free kick late on which we Maloney puts over the bar and there was one as well, I remember Moni cutting back to Larson and the ball was going to his head and I think the port of defender just got in and nipped out for a corner. So there was just wee things like that that just as I say, just on the day just didn't didn't go for you and it was it was a long a long tired trip home. Yeah. <laughs> I've I mean, never
0: watched the game again. I just couldn't I haven't
1: either. I've never watched it through. I've obviously seen seen the goals. I don't even watch their goals that often. I watch our goals but I don't really watch their goals that often.
0: But as you say that those five years were incredible. And it was it was really sad that last season that although obviously we won the, the Scottish Cup and you know the circumstances around Martin having to leave were, were you know were terrible And but just that day f- for Park as well it was just it just didn't seem like the right way for him to sign yeah, off yeah, that what been five, eight think, years I didn't
1: think it was it was just that it happened that way and um, yeah I, I don't know we, we blew it that day let's face it we were 1-0 up and pretty cruising the chances to make it 2 and it nil that would have been the game done, um, but I guess life is a way of bringing these things back round, and as we'll discuss later on, But there's another occasion where things you know, went our way in the last day of the season, so uh, you've got to take the good with the bad.
0: Now, in terms of your uh, fourth, I'll not say it's a magic moment, and we're slightly getting out of sync of the chronology of these events, but uh, you picked Alberg away, which would have been Gordon Strachan's last season, 2008. 2009 season and we lost that game Wilson Come on. Robson he's done it The classic header from Barry Robson Celtic are in front away from home in the Champions League
1: and that feels so good so very good for Gordon side. What's your thinking behind choosing that? Well, just when when you can ask us around the, the your your five Celtic moments, as I say, I thought you can't just have it all good. There's always a bit of bad. There's always a bit of the t- typical Celtic. You know, <laughs> it's those of us who grew up in a certain certain generation, um, you know, probably up to those who are young these days and just seen as one, know that Celtic can, on occasion, grass defeat from the jaws of (laughs) victory quite easily and there's always as i say there's always occasions where you just think god that's that was just typical celtic and the alborg away was just just one that stood out for me um we'd been in the champions league obviously for a number of years and we got in that year i think with real high hopes um alborg were the danish champions but you know first time in the champions league and weren't thought of as any great pedigree we'd drawn with them at home and then went away and so i've got some uh some relatives in Denmark, my uncle stays there. So myself, a couple of my cousins and a couple of my uncles went over and kind I of made a wee, you know, long weekend prior to the, the game, I think it was on a Tuesday night, so we had a few days down in Aarhus. Really, really good fun, catch up with my family and a few nights out and all that. And then the Tuesday we travelled up to Aalborg and it's just amazing wherever you go in the world, there's always an Irish pub with Celtic tunes so on. So, you know, <coughs> you found you found the Irish pub and great afternoon, uh, sing-song and all that, and then up to the game, <coughs> and real old-fashioned ground, really small, and we were just kind of tucked away in a corner of it, and Barry Robson scored a header, I think, and, that you know, that was kind of midway through second half or something you're thinking great we've, we've done the job here and I think I think a victory would have taken us into the taken us into the last yeah, 16 oh yeah. at that point and you know I remember me and my cousin kind of texting everybody back well, oh yes this is it first first away way victory in Europe and we're going to be here and we're into the last stage of Champions League and then in the last 10 minutes capitulation and they end up winning 2-1 and so he just walked away from the ground thinking that was just typical Celtic Is that
0: year at like like. Uh, When you look at the European football we played... uh, ...under Gordon Strachan... ...there was some shocking results... ...obviously the very first one was Art Media... ...but there was some incredible highs... ...I mean we got to the last 16... ...in the Champions League twice... ...he was the first manager to steer us out of the group stages... ...you know beating Manchester United for example... ...so there was some real real highs... ...but as you say... ...there was also some unexpected lows...
1: Yeah I mean the, the two seasons before that... ...we'd end up in the last 16... ...and in fact... I was in Milan for for the first year we did it, two thousand six, and we were really unlucky not to not to go through that night. Um, I, th- I think kind of one or two decisions went against us that night. It, even even at 0 Barcelona were obviously a bit of a class above, but we gave them a we gave them a bit of a test. So to to go away to somebody like Alborg and then not do the business, as I say it was just kind of typical take at, at, at times. But I think that last season, and you know. Gordon Strachan probably in that as well things just started to, to drop off a wee bit and we probably should have saw the league out that year and didn't and you know I think that that result against Abel is probably a bit just symptomatic of how, how we were that season unfortunately so.
0: Now if we jump back and um, you touched on it there your final magic moment and it was the three previous years under Gordon Strachan the three in a row that culminates obviously in, in 2008 with that night, really emotionally at Tanadays when we won 1-0 to win the league.
1: Here it comes from Hartley, and there it goes! From Jan Venegor of Heserling! Celtic setting their sights on yet another title!
0: How many times have we seen that this season? superb delivery from a wide area hartley has been quite magnificent tonight just like robson and the big dutchman just rose so high in the air no one anywhere near him simple in the end but he's done that so often a 94th minute win up against rangers a few weeks back is very important this one Probably even more so now, because that should
1: seal it. What was it about the the three in a row that that stuck out for you? Well, it was was everything kind of leading up to it. Um, I think we had been beaten at home by Motherwell, maybe, around about early April. And, you know, fans really on the manager's back and all that. And I think at that point, most people had, had written things off. We still had two games against Rangers to go, and we had to put a right good run together. And I think it was, I think it must have been from that game on, we then went undefeated to the end of the, 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 the season. We beat Rangers 2-1 the night, when eh, you a Heslink, that, that was quite a funny one. I, I was actually working down south and either way, however I was getting up the road, I was going to miss some of the game. So I just decided to travel through the game, switch my phone off, came up and watched it live, I feel like, on, on the kind of catch-up TV. And I'm running about the house going <laughs> mental. Uh, you know 11 o'clock at night when everyone else was out celebrating by this point so um, then beat them again and just the Rangers, Europa, UEFA Cup kind of participation they were kind of struggling to keep a pace in the league and were dropping points and so the week week before that I think you know Tommy Burns had died and obviously there was a lot of emotion around that and then Rangers came came back from UEFA Cup final and lost to Motherwell or Drew Motherwell on the Saturday and so all we had to do, I think, was, was go and win. And so I, I, it was a Thursday night, and so everybody take Nick like, on a Thursday afternoon off work, and we'd arranged a bus going up from Dunbarton, and it, was, it wasn't even a sports bus. It was just there was that many people going up the game. Um, so we're going up in really high spirits. Um, the daft things you remember, but I remember coming up through, you know, heading towards Stirling. We came to a road, and there was roadworks going you know, on. They were they were relaying the road, and. The guy said, "No, you need to turn back. You can't go through this." route. And the bus driver kind of turned you and looked at his bus. Still 50, Celtic, 50, 60 Celtic fans <laughs> How you on tell top? Of that? Absolutely no chance. mate, and just kept on driving through right. it, you know. And then we're on the on the motorway on the way up, and you, you overtake a Rangers bus because they were heading to Aberdeen, and you're all waving out the window. At, well, waving out the window at them. <laughs> right. um, So it was just it was wee things like that, just kind of funny things about the day, and then you know, get up to, get into the game and I got a ticket with one of my pals, it was actually a concession. And and I'm getting into the ground and the woman looks at me and says, You're not under sixteen I says, I know, but you're not gonna tell me not to go in on you <laughs> And she says, Right, on you go <laughs> you know so just we'd things like that and then the atmosphere in the ground was, was brown. Um I thought, I'm, I'm, you know, I kinda get the impression in the United were quite happy to see us <laughs> so Pip Rangers to the title that night, the news came through that Aberdeen were ahead, and we were still no, no, and then I think within about five minutes we, uh, good Hesling scores ahead, and the place just going mental. And then it was you know party back down the bus, and then parties down the road, and all weekend I think after that. So yeah, it was just everything around that. Obviously with Tommy Bernstein as well, just made it you know all, all the more sweet. or just perfect kind of perfect kind of way to remember him, you yeah. know. So.
0: Because that must have been difficult for, because obviously it was a really emotional time for everyone, but for the manager and for the players at that time, given how closely he worked with them and been involved with them on a daily basis for them to then refocus and, and try and focus nine minutes of football to have done that is great credit to them
1: yeah absolutely i mean and and i think you know it's obviously absolutely tragic but it, i think that the players then used it positively yeah you know i think when you look at the guys in the team like mickey d and a day and mcmanus who who had been close to tommy burns they really used it as a, as a, as a incentive you know Kind of positive thing to say. Well, we're going to give Tolly this kind of send off. You know, we're going to, we're going to win the league for him. You know, if you remember they the the t-shirts and all that, and um, when, when they were up at Tanadice with Tolly Burns on it. So I think they'd really used that as motivation to to give him the the best kind of send off that they could. Um, so no, it was it was as I say, it was an emotional week, but it was it was great great to be, be part of.
0: I always feel as well that um, Gordon Striking. I mean probably it would be fair to say he wasn't always universally popular with but, but Celtic no, support probably, probably not but we I mean, obviously did exceptionally well we, we spoke about him getting to, to the last six in the Champions League winning three in a row but I thought the way he conducted himself and the way he led the club in that period I, I thought was so commendable and, and you know I, I always feel grateful for the way he, he, he was during that really difficult time
1: I have so and you could tell that him and Tommy had had forged a really strong friendship the way, the way he spoke about him um, you know, he, and, he, and he, did. He, he, just put himself out there and, and led the club through that, through that uh, couple of weeks. And I remember at Tannadice, they they put on Mac the Knife, and the Celtic fans were all singing and Gordon Schacken was Can of stand in front of the stand? And he was trying to tell everyone to taking a quiet so they could listen because they were playing Mac the Knife for twenty one. So just wee things like that, you know, he was he, he was constantly thinking. I Tommy me through that through that period. You know, nothing about the victory was about him. It, it was all about the players that had that dealt with Tommy and about Tommy himself so no it was it was it was really really great through that period
0: in terms of of magic moments and as I say you're, you're probably the first person to have chosen a, a, a defeat <laughs> but I, I you know I, it's a really good point you make and I suppose when you look forward as a, as a Celtic fan to the season ahead to the you know the many seasons ahead you know that there'll be highs but there'll be lows because that's just the nature of of being a supporter, and it's just the nature of football.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we're, we've obviously dealt with a low in the last couple of weeks not making it a Champions League, but, you know, people need probably a bit of perspective. As I said, there's a generation of Celtic fans who probably don't know anything other than success, and we have been absolutely spoiled the last two years, let's face it, to do a double treble in the been Champions League both years, and some of the football we've played and some of the players that, that we've got, you know, it's, it's kind of like... Those, Martin, those first cut of new years, you know, for we were just so far ahead of, of everyone else, but at some point, you know, not everything's going to go your way. Difficult tie against Athens, unfortunately, don't come through, but you would like to think that, you know, in a short space of time, with a few results behind us and maybe a, a Europa League run starting to, to gather a bit of pace that you forget about it and you look at the positives and then enjoy hopefully the successes that will come the rest of the season anyway, so
0: and I always think I mean I know it's it's, it's early days but I, I can remember back to I was in Switzerland the night that, that Basel knocked us out and it was just terrible It was because we had enjoyed the Champions League for the first time in the season before and we have that heartache the journey home and then Sadova, it's not the most glamorous of ties and so you never know where these things can end up because you always have to look forward and you just never know what's around the corner in, in Celtic's history
1: No well, I'm, I'm absolutely Paul and <coughs> as I say you, you take a wee bit of time to recover but you know, we've, we've progressed in the League Cup there. We've got a big game with Stubha we need to get through. And then you're in the Europa League and there's some big teams in there. You can get a few kind of glamorous ties. You've got a Rangers game in a couple of weeks. And before you know it, you can you can easily forget. I mean, the civil season, I think we're quite lucky in that we got Blackburn Rovers quite early and that actually created a bit of spice to it. Obviously, soon as being a manager. And then when you beat them, Celta Vigo was... Was a really tough, particularly away trip there, and you get through that, and all of a sudden you're in Europe after Christmas, and and that positivity really starts coming back. So there's definitely no doubt in my mind that we could we could do something similar this year. Obviously, as I say, there's some big teams in there; it'd be difficult. We'd like to think we've got the capability to to go on a wee run. So.
0: And just in case you don't know, the finals in Baku, this year.
1: Oh jeez, oh, that well-known european city. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Maybe worth checking flights already. Yeah,
1: aye, aye. Well, it was. I think it was uh, once. It was definitely once we got to Liverpool that people were starting to go. Yeah, this is this can really happen, and people were starting to book listen, you, tickets flights. So, fingers crossed. But you know, as I say, there will be, be good times in the corner.
0: Absolutely. Both well, listen, thanks very much, David, for joining us on the latest Celtic View podcast.